0: Allow me to heap some extra praise on the wonderful Tyler Beatty at the top of the program, plus an ugly Missouri-Florida State basketball game. I have my thoughts on that one. And also, Dan Mullen, well, you know what? He may have deserved to get fired for Florida, but I tell you what, good luck to the next guy because he's going to need it. All this and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are locked on Mizzou. Your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thank you as always for making this program your first listen of your podcast. day. And I should tell you today's episode is is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. And you know what? I have to admit, for as much as I've praised Tyler Beatty on this program, I don't think I gave him enough praise after the Florida game. And probably a lot of that had to do with just general disappointment about the offense. And certainly Beatty had his struggles against the Gators, but I can't blame him for a lot of them. Well, for example, despite the fact that Missouri had 10 carries by Beatty alone that netted one yards, no gain, or in fact negative yards, so one yard or less on 10 of Beatty's carries, well, for all the people who say you have to establish the run and stick with the run in order for it to work in the second half, I'm not candidly that that big of a believer in that strategy. I believe in running the ball effectively regardless of the time of the game. But you know what? If you're a believer in that strategy, well, this game provided you some pretty compelling evidence. I will say that because once the third quarter began, Beatty gained 28 yards, 17 yards, and then 19 yards on consecutive carries. Really started blowing up those zone stretch plays. And then, of course, in the fourth quarter, back-to-back touches for 12 and 13 yards. All the yards in overtime were Beatty's before that two-point conversion. The young man closed with 27 carries on 146 yards. Weirdly enough, felt a little bit disappointing. That's how good Tyler Beatty has been this season. Frankly, I you know Missouri, considering it was down two of its best offensive linemen, in particular, Case Cook has been obviously missed up front, something you just don't hear talked about a lot. It's a lot easier to talk about the play calling and the quarterback, but as Eli Drinkwitz has shown us with his actions over the past couple seasons, he's well aware that the big guys up front are every bit as important as any skill position other maybe, other than maybe quarterback. So let's just take the big picture and not just focus in on, on – one or two aspects of the game that we're going to criticize. That's all I'm trying to say there. And by the way, speaking of Tyler Beatty, some exciting news for him. He's one of three finalists for the Doak Walker Award, which is given to the nation's best college football running back. The other two finalists are Michigan State's Kenneth Walker III and Iowa State's Brees Hall. So some great company there for Tyler Beatty, obviously, and clearly a much-deserved honor for that young man and well more honors for Harrison Mevis he got the the SEC special teams player of the week despite actually missing a field goal yes he is human but also Trey John Jeffcoat played a really excellent game against Florida had some big time sacks fortunately at one point in the game it looked like Trey was rolling on the ground in a lot of pain but he was able to make it off the field mostly on his own power and Haven't heard any updates since, I think Trey John's going to be okay, and thankfully because he was the SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week. So congratulations to Jeff Coate and Harrison Mevis on their SEC honors. By the way, if you missed it on Twitter yesterday, I did put out my film breakdown, my film study of the Missouri-Florida game from Saturday. Just decided to do a little something different instead of just doing my own film work in the quiet darkness of my film basement here in my in my home. I figured I'd just fire on a camera and share my thoughts with you as I was going through it. Certainly not going to give you every single play. I think the video ended up being about 28 minutes, so not too much longer than your usual Locked on Mizzou podcast. Again, just go to YouTube.com, search for Locked on Mizzou, subscribe for free there, Easy enough, right? And that's just you know, just a little bonus content for you yesterday. Obviously you got your usual podcast, but hey, it's Thanksgiving week. Thought I'd give you all a little something a little something extra as my thank you for being loyal listeners of Locked On Mizzou. I really appreciate it, and hey, I always appreciate it when you tell a friend. And while it was an exciting comeback in Jacksonville on Sunday for the Missouri basketball team against SMU, well The Florida State game on Monday night left a heck of a lot to be desired. So let's break down that game in painstaking detail. But first, let's talk about one of our fine, fine sponsors. And that is, of course, as I'm stretching this clearly to find my copy. Ah, yes, it's NetSuite. How could I have gotten that wrong? You see, this is it, folks. You have a putt to win The masters, all right? And if you sink it, the green jacket is yours. But imagine this on your backswing, your visor falls over your eyes. Oh no. Well, is this how you're running your small business or even your large business? Well, poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software from the previous decade. You see, to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. You see, over 20,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. You see, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with controls for your financials, your inventory, your, your HR, planning, budgeting, and so much more. So head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Once again, that's netsuite.com slash locked on And by Prize Picks, a leader in college sports daily fantasy. But you know what? These guys have you covered, whether it is the mid-major, the power five, whatever it might be, or you're just into the NBA, the NFL, LeBron, Patrick Mahomes. You think you got an edge on these guys and their statistics? Maybe you still think Mahomes has got to figure it out this season? Well, put your money where your mouth is over at prize picks. And here's the best part: it's all very simple. They give you the projections, and you either go against it, you go over, you go under. Or you pass, of course. And naturally, you're going to pass on most of, the, most of these propositions. But when you find one where you think you have an edge, PrizePix is definitely the place to go. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. Or you can go to any of your app stores on your mobile device as well. Once again, promo code LOCKED ON. For a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 at Prize Picks Daily Fantasy made easy. So when I was growing up as a young Missouri Tiger basketball fan being weaned on the latter Norm Stewart era, about, about the last 10 years or so of the Norm era, so obviously Anthony Peeler, Doug Smith, that's really the first team that I remember very, very well. And I can tell you this. Ironically, back then, even though there were far fewer three-pointers taken, to say the least, and actually the shot clock was 50% longer. Today, it's 30 seconds. Well, back in the day, it was 45 seconds when I started first following college basketball. And yet, despite those two facts, I'm telling you, back in the day, it was embarrassing and totally infrequent for a Missouri team to not get to 30 points at halftime offensively. Well, the last four games for the Tigers, including Florida State, here's what Missouri has scored at the half. 23, 24, 18, and 23. That's four consecutive games of just large stretches of some of the worst offensive basketball I've ever seen, but boy, it really reached its zenith last night against Florida State. Now, give the Seminoles a ton of credit. Leonard Hamilton has really developed a program where he just seems to just find seven-foot athletic guys, 6'10", 6'11", type really athletic guys that buy into his defensive system his offensive system, the whole thing where they and also the a lot of hockey, you know, style line changes. Florida State probably plays 10 guys as frequently as any good team that I can think of. But my goodness, as good as Florida State is defensively as long as they are with their arms and everything else, at some point can somebody on the Tigers move without the basketball? Can somebody please cut back door? Because we were just allowing the Seminoles to deflect and defend even the simplest passes in the half court last night. It was utterly, utterly frustrating. Again, give the Knowles a lot of credit, but my goodness. We're a high major basketball team. We can't just pass the ball around the perimeter without bad things happening. We can't inbound the ball without Cameron Flesher putting on a dunk contest, I mean, that was just horrendous last night. And by the way, one thing I was hoping for this season is that while Missouri was getting a little bit bigger at guard, maybe a little bit more athletic at guard and on the wing, well, so far, boy, the athleticism difference just in terms of of leaping and speed and all that good kind of stuff could not have been more stark against Florida State. I mean... We just we just weren't in the same class. It wasn't even close. But I will give Conzo Martin some credit. It does seem like he has realized something that I've been talking about for a couple episodes now, and that's that he's got to play Kobe Brown and Ronnie DeGray as his default four and five men, his two biggest guys on the court. He just has to. And while I would like to maybe even see it even more than what I've seen it, to be fair, so far the last five games – Missouri, that's their three most frequently used lineups have, in fact, DeGray and Brown as their two biggest guys. So I can't complain there. And what's actually interesting is Missouri actually hung in there on the glass last night against Florida State, at least statistically, because while it felt like the Knowles were getting every single rebound, well, I guess part of the problem was if you're going to make – I think Florida State made something like 23 of 30 of their two-pointers – they're also hitting a lot of threes too. So that's that's part of the factor, right? But Missouri not as dominated on the glass as you might have expected, I suppose. So all I'm saying is is perhaps Missouri can actually hang in there a little bit better with that smaller lineup on the glass than they have so far. The problem is is even though those quote unquote small lineups have been the most effective so far, it still just leaves you awfully thin at every position. You're expect, it's expecting a lot for Kobe Brown and Ronnie DeGray to be able to play 30, 35 minutes a night and not get into foul trouble. If Missouri just had one more combo-type forward that was similar to those two guys, that could actually spell them and give them some time, well, that would make a huge difference. Perhaps in the future, Trevin Brazil can be that guy. I don't know. For whatever reason, we haven't seen him since. I think it's an injury. But regardless, Missouri, a long, long way to go, and they're looking like a really potentially long season right now. I hate to say it. And coming up, I'm not going to argue against Dan Mullen being fired at Florida, but I will tell Gator fans to be careful what they wish for. And this is all from experience. So I do want to talk a little bit about that here in this final segment. But first, let's talk about the Missouri-Arkansas line, which, surprisingly to me, Arkansas now a 15-point favorite over at BetOnline.ag for that Black Friday showdown down in Fayetteville. You know what's even more surprising, though? 62.5 is the total. Now, once again, I'm going to have to go under on that one fairly confidently, once again, Missouri playing better defense, much better than the overall picture is going to be painted if, if you're not paying particularly close to the Tigers this season. And obviously, the offense is going the other way. So to me, give me the under once again. Obviously, I had the under 69 and uh, uh, for last week's game. And hey, guess what? We hit it despite the game going to overtime. So a nice bet there by yours truly. Let's run it back again and go under once again. But you know what? Regardless of what you're going to put money on this Thanksgiving week, you got to do it at BetOnline, which remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. So, once again, go to BetOnline now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% Welcome bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so, all you YouTube viewers out there, do you like this new sort of side perspective that I'm giving you on camera? Or did you like it when I was just always staring directly into the barrel of my computer? L- let me know online at Locked On Mizzou. But you know what? I got to say, as, as much as I was amused by Dan Mullen. Getting kind of what he deserved this weekend, I hate to say it. As much as I think Mullen is a good offensive mind, probably just a few too many things that he wasn't great at as a head coach. I don't totally blame Florida for moving on from Mullen, but at the same time, let's not pretend like the next guy is definitely going to do it, right? You see, Florida is now starting to creep into Nebraska and Texas territory a little bit. Don't get me wrong, it's not as bad as Nebraska yet, and it probably never will be. Florida has a totally different recruiting base than Nebraska, without question. But if you think about it, considering that Florida State is struggling right now, Miami looks like they're about to fire their coach. Well, Florida, this should have been the moment where they were cleaning up that state in terms of recruiting. And it just hasn't worked out that way. So that alone is a pretty big indictment of Dan Mullen, I have to admit. But here's the problem. It's now been almost 12 years since Urban Meyer. 2010 was his last season. So now you're saying, if you're a Florida fan, and guess what, Missouri fans are are guilty of this, basically every fan base is guilty of this. We all want our program to be the best version we've seen in our program basically at all times. And for Florida, what that means is top five every single year for like 10 years because that's basically what they were under Steve Spurrier. And 10 years might even be a little bit of an – it might even be underselling it a little bit. They had a heck of a run under Spurrier and obviously an incredible run under Urban Meyer too, winning a couple national championships. But you know what? That is not your birthright. That is nobody's birthright. Past performance, as we say in the stock market, is not an indicator of future success. It's just not whatsoever. So when you really look at it, is this not like Tom Herman at Texas to me? Just a little bit because, yeah, Tom Herman, okay, he was not a well-liked guy apparently at Texas. Sort of like Dan Mullen. He wasn't great at media relations, and he burned some bridges there. Understood. Maybe he wasn't as good with the important alums as he should be either. And I'm, try- and I'm not trying to dismiss the importance of any of that. But, again, be careful. Because now that it's been 11, 12 years since the Urban Meyer era, see, people like me still remember the glory days of Florida. I'm old enough to remember. I'm 38. If you're anywhere close to that, Or older, obviously, you remember too. But imagine you're in high school right now. Imagine you're in the 2023 high school class and you're looking for a place to play. Well, you're not that interested in the Tim Tebow era, the Urban Meyer era. That might as well have been a thousand years ago because you were in diapers practically at that point. You certainly weren't old enough to have any strong memories or any wistful feelings about that that era of Florida football. So to me, if you're Florida, you're about one messed up hire away from basically becoming what Nebraska has been for the last 10 years and really what Texas has been for the last 5, 10 years as well. Because again, Tom Herman, not well-liked, but he was pretty obviously the best coach Texas had had since, since they played in the national championship with Colt McCoy in like circa 2009. Mac Brown was their coach. There we go. I was searching for Mac Brown's name in the deep, dark recesses of my brain there. But clearly, Herman, best coach post Mac Brown, but because he didn't live up to what Mac Brown did by bringing home national championships, making the college football playoff, well, they decided, eh, let's ax him and move on to Steve Sarkeesian. And already in year one, There are Longhorn fans, I'm sure, who are questioning the Sarkeesian era already. Losing at home to Kansas when you're the Texas Longhorns, yeah, that'll do it for you. So Florida, take a lesson, maybe in the future, be a little more patient, and this time you better get this one right, because if you don't, if you're looking to fire your coach again in another three seasons, well, I don't know that... Urban Meyer, Steve Spurrier, that level of success, I don't know that it's ever going to return. So you better be careful lest you wind up like Texas and Nebraska. Oh, and by the way, as I was doing my research on Florida's history, just one little trivia note here that I rather enjoyed. This is from Wikipedia. According to Wikipedia, technically, Florida's first bowl appearance was in 1912, the Bacardi Bowl, as it was called, held in Havana, Cuba, not sanctioned by the NCAA. Florida was leading 28 to nothing in that ball game against the Vedado, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, athletic club, before the game was called off because of rule disputes. Again, 1912. In fact, it wasn't f- until 40 years later that the University of Florida would recognize its real first official bowl game the 1952 Gator Bowl. So just to me the idea that back in 1912 not too far removed from, you know, the Wright brothers making their first flight and you know we're we're what a couple se- couple years from World War 1 beginning there at that point a bowl game in Havana involving the Florida Gators. Just thought that was some interesting trivia. But you know what? With all that being said, I am John Miller, the host of Locked on Mizzou. I thank you all for joining me once again, and you know what? I've got a bit of piece of advice for you. Make your second listen of the day, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.